0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. In today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by the founder of The Skinny Confidential, Lauren Everts Bostick. And Lauren and I are going to be talking all about the topic of accountability. We're going to be discussing, first of all, why people don't take accountability, why it's important to do so, how Lauren was able to do this when she was building The Skinny Confidential, and most importantly for you listeners, how you can make yourselves more accountable in what you do. Lauren's also going to be sharing a bit about her story of how she created the Skinny Confidential, what she learned along the way. So sit back, grab a pen and pad, and enjoy. Lauren, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You're very welcome. Thanks for joining me on an episode of Not Another Sales Podcast.
1: I'm so happy to be here.
0: Um, you know, I'm been a big fan of yours, having um, you know read Gary V's book, crushing it, and you featuring in that, and obviously following the Skinny Confidential beforehand and your rise over the years of what you've been doing. For those listeners who aren't too familiar with your story, would you mind just giving them, I suppose, a brief overview of of who you are in your story,
1: really? Sure. I launched the Skinny Confidential eight years ago. I was going to San Diego State and doing what I was supposed to do. And I put that in quotes um, because I was doing what sort of society told me I was supposed to do, which was, go to school, go to college, get a job, rinse and repeat every day. Mm. Um, I was bartending until midnight and I was teaching Pilates and pure bar and going to school full time and um, just was really, really unfulfilled. And I did again what I was supposed to do by college standards, which was you, you join a sorority. And so I got into the sorority and I couldn't believe that they were charging these women $800. $800 um, to be a part of a community and a group. And so I quit the sorority after like five minutes (laughs) very quickly. And, um, I started to see that there was 40,000 people on campus, 20,000 women. And, there was not a way to, to connect them and and to share tips and tricks and secrets with all these women unless you were in a sorority. And so I thought, okay, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do this online with a blog. I'm gonna do it for free. And I'm not just gonna connect with my campus. I'm gonna connect with women everywhere. And th- the idea for the blog came. And this is when blogging was not cool. There was nothing special about it. No one sort of knew how to monetize like but I knew going into it that I was creating something more than than a blog I was creating a brand and so I was really methodical and strategic about how I launched the blog because I felt like the blog was the foundation to grow the brand off of and um you could almost think of it as like I was I was content marketing with the blog to launch the brand that's that it's become uh-huh. um so I took a year to, to get everything in order. And this is again, before like Instagram and stuff. So things weren't moving as quickly as they move now. And, um, I, I had my, you know, my poster board in front of me with all different kinds of textiles and fabrics and fonts. I had a huge binder full of everything I wanted to share. I started talking to experts and researchers and, and, and gathering content and making sure that I launched with this really beautiful site that was representative of the skinny confidential with a lot of information and a lot of value. And I look back eight years ago and I think what I see now as opposed to when I started is that now everyone just wants to get in this space because they want to monetize or they want to work for themselves. And at the time, looking back eight years ago, I look at myself and I I, I think it's sweet because my intention was really to provide value with quality content. I didn't think about money for three years. I didn't even, Mm -hmm. it wasn't even on my radar. I was just there to provide that value. And I think like, if when i look back and i didn't know at the time i was doing that but but i was uh, the whole time content marketing for what i have now um and so I, I out of that story i hope for any listeners the value that i can provide is that if you're out there and you're listening and you want to launch something like a podcast or a blog or whatever that is go into it not with the main intent to just monetize go into it to provide value to an audience in a niche subject and and don't even don't even put money on your radar for like two to three years um that would be my advice but yeah i launched it eight years ago we're here now we have instagram we have a podcast a book a youtube channel product eventually and it's just turned into this incredible community of women that is similar to a sorority but free online
0: yeah absolutely and um you know for those people that that have followed you that are listening to this i think they can agree that you know, as you say, you started it with the with the good intentions and the pure intentions, and I think that's carried through all the way, and up until now, and probably you know carrying on really with that that intention of bringing value to your audience rather than what it can bring to you first
1: and foremost. Totally.
0: And you know what what really struck me when I was reading um, you know your part in Gary V's book Crushing It was around you know, people talk a lot around passion, but as you mentioned which I completely agree with it's much more than, than passion it is that work I think it's, it's realizing you can't just have a dream and you can't just believe in something and it's going to work you need to put the hard yards in around
1: totally I think the word passion is um, a very trendy word right everyone's using it the passion is great and that's awesome but it's it's almost like setting a bunch of goals but without setting the systems to get to the goals um, you hear the word goals and dreams all the time, too, that those remind me of the word passion. It's like, what are the systems that you're implementing every single day? And what are the habits that you choose to, to curate every single day to get to where you want to be? Um, I think that, you know, Gary is obviously like a rock star example of someone who's constantly executing. He's, he launches fast and adjusts accordingly to his consumer feedback So when I launched the podcast, I did it very differently than how I launched the blog, which is we, we launched fast and we adjusted to the consumer. Um, you know, the first episodes were horrible, but we grew and we just got better and better. I think that it's as a creator, it's so important that you're always getting better and better and that you're practicing getting better and better. And someone, someone messaged me the other day and said, how do I get comfortable in front of the camera? And I said, you go in front of the camera and you keep (laughs) practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing. It's like people want like this magic formula where you just snap your fingers or they want to blame it on you. You know, you were born with it. It's genetics. There is, there is ways to train yourself and get better and better and better and better by putting yourself out there. So I'm very much about the execution. Um, Passion is a great word. Like passion is important, but I I definitely think that if you're baking a cake, it's about as important as like the baking powder.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What it looks like at the end. But, you know, what about the ingredients and how you bake it? Yes. Yeah. It's
1: definitely not the flour. Let's put no. it
0: that way. <laughs> no, no. And on that, you know, when I was when I was thinking around you know, your, what you're talking about there around the execution um, is also this sense of accountability is that, yes, you need the passion. Yes, you need the execution. But to be able to maintain that execution consistently over time. You need that accountability within yourself. And I think it, from from what I see, those people that don't hold themselves accountable, they're very easy to blame, their surroundings, their environment, the economy, the cards they're dealt with in their life. Why do you think some people naturally don't hold themselves accountable?
1: I think that people in life uh, um, are... Either take their adversity or what's around them that's happening that's negative and they either let it fuel them or victimize them Mm. And I think a lot of people live in their story so, you know Maybe something happened to them that they couldn't control and they're living in the story and um Like I have chose to Really not focus on anything outside of me and just focus on what I can control which is creating my own future. I can't control, you know, who the president is or all these different things that I can't, I can, you know, how people, trolls that are responding on social media, stuff you can't control. I just really choose not to focus on it. I stay in my own lane. I, I feel like I wake up every single day with a thermometer of energy and I have the power to choose where I'm going to put that energy. And I, you know, I just don't, I don't make time for toxic people. If, um, you know, I don't, there's so many opinions when you first launch a blog eight years ago, I could go, I could tell stories and stories. I worked in a very, very high end bar as a bartender. And, you know, for three years, I was told multiple times, how are you going to monetize? You're not, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to make money off that what are you doing? Um, You know, a lot of high school friends cracking jokes, people saying, you know, I don't want to visit her blog to give her a hit. So I experienced a lot of naysayers um, and a lot of people that um, just didn't believe in what I was doing. I think that a lot of my high school, I was judged a lot on my looks. And I think, you know, people immediately saw big boobs and blonde hair and, and made a judgment. And so, um, you know, there was a lot of stuff behind my back, and I really had this opportunity and this like epiphany where it's I could have focused and put my energy on what people were saying and address it and let it get to me, or I could just really put my head down and build and be um, and and put those systems in place and execute, execute, execute. And that's you know what I chose to do. And every morning I wake up and I really seriously think of my energy as a thermometer. Like I said, like I I I picture a thermometer and. And anywhere that's not where that that energy, if it's not going towards my friends or family or um, stuff I love to do, then then it's not worth it to me. Um, mm. You know, I I love what I do every day. I love um, my career path, and I think that I th- I hope that everyone loves their career path. To put one second of thought or energy into a career that I didn't love for the next, you know, forty years, just it's, it sounds it sounds miserable to me. So I think I'm really protective and careful about about where I put that energy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think on top of that as well, for me, when I think about why people aren't accountable is this fear of ownership or change and realizing that you you do have the control. I think it's very easy to pass the buck and blame things around you because naturally sometimes people (laughs) do fear this change or something different. And from that, they're quite comfortable in their own space and therefore don't want to hold themselves accountable for it.
1: Absolutely, I think you you're hitting on accountability. Accountability is definitely a huge part of. We were talking about a cake earlier. It's a huge part of it. You have to hold yourself accountable. No one else is going to do it for you. Not your husband. Not your dad. Not your sister. Um, I think that 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 comes in to setting a very clear intention of how you want your day to look, and like I said, how you want your three months to look, and how you want your seven years to look. Taking ownership of that and realizing that that it is in your hands and you are fully accountable and the, the outside noise it, it, sh- it, it you can't allow it to affect you. Uh, mm-hmm. you have to take accountability for your own life, your own future, your own career and I think if something's bothering you or you don't like your job or you don't like where you're at in life instead of wallowing in it and, and, and playing the victim, you step back and you start to create that strategic future and create the steps and the systems and the things that you need to execute on to get there. Um, I think patience is a really important one. I won't, you know, go too far into that because I think that Gary V talks about patience more than anyone, but patience is incredibly important. Like I said, um, this is eight years later. So anyone that, you know, goes to my Instagram and they'll message me and they'll say, you know, where do I start? It's like, you just start. You you mm. constantly put yourself out there. You mix it with execution, accountability, patience, and you just rinse and repeat seven days a week.
0: Yeah. And apart from the obvious things, why is it, why is it important for people to be able to hold themselves accountable? What, what can they gain from doing so? Do you think?
1: I think when you hold yourself accountable, you're, you're 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 coming to the realization that that you're in charge. You're in control. It's not your boss or your mom or your your husband. It's it's you that holds the keys. Um, I think that that it also plays in, and I I hate to say this, but he's always so right. Is, is self awareness right? Mm. Being self-aware if you're not being accountable. I mean, you know, if if um, I went to a Tony Robbins conference and he was talking about, um, you know, people that come to him and want to lose weight, and what what's missing there is is accountability. Um, a lot of people lack that, and so I think if you feel that that's not maybe a strong suit, be self-aware enough to recognize it and maybe work on accountability. And that's something I think that you can practice that too every single day um, accountability when it comes to running a business to me is incredibly important. It all starts from the top. So if, you know, my employee is doing something that's, that's bothering me, I step back and instead of blaming the employee, I definitely think that it starts with me. I'm the leader, I'm leading the team. And I think that, that, that accountability plays a part sort of in every single area of the business, right? Your finances uh, your employees, your your willingness to to be you know posting and creating content, and are are you on time? There's so many different areas that accountability stand out for me in business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned there, you know it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I think when you when you realize you know by being accountable how much you can control and realize that you dictate your own success or or failure at the same time. But also I think it helps you stay consistent and focused because as you mentioned, if you're realizing, you know, you can't control external factors, you decide whether it's a positive one or whether you're going to let outside influences impact it.
1: Absolutely. And I think to even, to even dive deeper into accountability, how um, I've practiced accountability because you know, everyone I think needs to practice is I am really, really not the best with time management and I'm very much about zoning in on my strengths and building up my strengths as opposed to focusing on my weaknesses. So uh-huh. what I did is I decided, decided to hire out for time management. So I brought a girl on, Emily, who you met, and she completely controls and schedules my whole calendar. And when I say control, I don't mean she has control, but I mean like she she makes sure that everything is fitting seamlessly in my schedule, that I'm time batching. Um, so like I take all my conference calls on Wednesdays, um, all my interviews are on Wednesdays. So I know I'm on the phone on Wednesdays. She really streamlines the whole process. Um, so I can get better at at managing my time. And I think that she also helps hold me accountable to my time. So I think if you're out there and you're listening and you feel like you're not good at something or you can't do it, I would recommend having a friend, like an accountability partner, Or hiring an intern or getting an employee to really focus on where you're feeling that you're not being accountable. And just since a lot of this interview has been about Gary, I mean, Gary, what he did is he felt that he wasn't able to diet and exercise in the way that he wanted. It wasn't working with his schedule. So to hold him accountable, he hired a personal trainer and someone that was, you know, really good with nutrition. And Mm -hmm. he had them come around with him for three months and he lost so much weight. And that's an example of someone that, you know, that, that is really busy. He's busting his ass and he didn't feel accountable in an area. So he fixed it and he remedied the situation instead of letting it get worse and worse and worse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good point there. I mean, as you mentioned, this comes from that self-awareness piece of realizing what you're good at and what you're not. And I think it's sometimes people get a bit blinded these days by thinking I need to be good at everything and I need to, but they're not therefore trying to be specific around what they're really good at, like their strengths and what the audience are going to buy into and how they can focus on those. And as you mentioned, what they're not so good at is how do you get other people to help you with that? And, and as you say, create that accountability buddy.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's very helpful. It's really helped my calendar. My calendar's all color coded. It's organized. I know what day is for what. When I'm shooting content, it's all in one day. You know, she's in contact with with the photographer that's shooting, and invites are sent out. And um, I'm still definitely not perfect. I mean, you know, I'm still I'm still working on time. I think that that's one of my biggest weaknesses is time management. So it's definitely something that I still work at. But um, Emily has certainly really helped with, um, Mm. with the time management thing. And I think that that helps hold me accountable ultimately.
0: Yeah. And before Emily, how did you hold yourself accountable whilst you were building the skinny confidential in the early days?
1: I think I'm really good at kicking my own ass. Like I've, I think that, that when I was young, the theme of my childhood was, was figuring it out. I always say that because I think that that's been really helpful with building a business. I, I never ever, if something isn't going my way, I don't think, oh, I'm going to quit or this is a failure or focus on it. Instead, I like to find angles. Um, mm. in fact, that's probably one of my favorite parts of business because it is all about finding creative angles and, um, you know, ways, ways to, you get, you get 500 million no's, but you get a thousand yeses. Right. So, um, I'm really, I think crafty when it comes to those yeses and, and, and creating angles. And so with my childhood, everything was figure it out on your own. So I had to figure out all these different, if I wanted something, I had to figure it out. If I wanted, uh, if I wanted like, uh, if I wanted to buy something, I had to figure it out. If I wanted to do something, I always was figuring out all these angles and that's really helped, um, you know, with business, I think it, getting, getting creative, and finding mm. those, those different ways. And, 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 like I said, angles.
0: Yeah. That, that, when you mentioned there is um, it reminded me of Robert Kiyosaki, what he talks about in rich dad, poor dad around when he was younger, it wasn't the question or the statement wasn't, you can't afford that. It was put to him of how can you afford that? Exactly. So as you said, to, to get your mind thinking in different ways of how can I make this possible rather than I can't is how can I?
1: Yeah. I hate, I can't. There's so, there's so many, there's so many ways that you can. Um, um, My husband is completely different. He's always thinking, well, what can go wrong? So it's an interesting type of relationship because he's (laughs) always thinking of what can go wrong and I'm always thinking of angles. And so we're on both ends there. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I can be maybe too optimistic and, and overdo it. And that plays into the time thing. I get too optimistic about my time, but Just going back to your question, like how I managed it when I had no employees and no help and I was a solopreneur is I woke up every morning and I just did. And it's really that simple. I, I, I worked, I put my head down seven days a week and I, I remember, you know, taking pictures from three to four every single day and then writing my blog post from, from four to five and then going to work and, and bartending. I even remember going into the bathroom at six o'clock and posting all my social media. And then, you know, maybe at, at eight o'clock, I would write a to-do list of what I wanted to accomplish. And then at nine o'clock, um, I would go back into the bathroom and re social media stuff. And then I remember coming home at 12 and like doing emails for an hour and then working on the blog for an hour and just really rinsing and repeating and staying staying in that zone. There's this little, um, cartoon of this guy who's like chipping away at, um, at a mountain and he's chipping and he's chipping and these little tiny chips and he's chipping and he, and then he turns and walks away. And the last chip would have been him getting this huge diamond, and that it's so relevant to to the way I think that I've tried to build my business is like I don't look at it like oh I want the diamond. I look at it more like oh I'm just chipping small, tiny little chips every single day. Um, so that's how I how I uh, held myself account accountable and managed my time back then. Um, maybe it wasn't the best, but but I just kept it in my mind to just do and just execute every single day and kicked my own ass.
0: Yeah. And, you know, along with that, you mentioned beforehand around the accountability buddy, is there anything else that you think for the listeners perspective of what they can, can do to start making themselves more accountable if they feel like they're not in that mindset at the moment?
1: Yeah. I, um, I mentor, um, uh, a guy who'd has an Instagram and he asked me this, he said, like, what are some tips that you have? How can I make this Instagram better? And I said, it's all about your daily habits. So at 11 o'clock, I told him to set an alarm every single day that goes up every single day, seven days a week. And I said, for one hour time block, use like a little, a little tomato Mm -hmm. timer and time block yourself for one hour engaging on Instagram, commenting back to people, going and liking other people's photos, going on Twitter, engaging and spend that whole hour engaging. And then I said, set another alarm at seven o'clock and make that all about posting your content for one hour on all your platforms. And, you know, it's all about content, content, content. And then I said, and then at, you know, at um, eight every morning, set an alarm and spend, you know, 15 minutes you know, just posting Instagram stories and and fixing your highlights and making sure everything's cohesive there. These little things, if you do this, that's two hours and 15 minutes a day, which is not a lot of time. It really isn't. Dedicated towards building your social media, those small little steps, they add up to the big picture.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I suppose focusing more on, well, I've been focusing on you, Lauren, I suppose, but just more around your your story now, um, you mentioned a lot and we've talked around a lot around here around it, you know, it's more than passion. It's around execution. But when you started building the Skinny Confidential along the way, what do you think you've learned most about yourself?
1: Um, Oh, that's a good question. No one's ever asked me that. What have I learned about myself? Uh, I've learned that <laughs> this is what my husband would say. The best thing about Lauren is she knows exactly what she wants. And the worst thing about Lauren is she knows exactly (laughs) what she wants. And so I've noticed that when I'm fixated on something, there is nothing stopping me. Now, that can be a good thing, like you said, but it's also a bad thing sometimes. Because sometimes I am so focused and so in my, in my way of figuring it out that I don't maybe hear warning signs of not to do something. Um, I'm, I'm very, what I've learned about myself is I think that I won't take no for an answer. I'll always find an angle. I'm very, very much someone that has their blinders on. I'm really not worried about what everyone else is doing. Um, I've no, I've learned that I'm not the best when it comes with numbers. I'm not, that's not where I thrive. That's not where I like to be. So I've had to learn to hire out on that. And I've had to learn by, you know, not being the best with, with numbers. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and that's been certainly a hard lesson. I think I've also learned that, um, employees are a completely different beast and it's something that I've needed to take a step back at and really read and listen to podcasts and learn how to be a a really good leader and a manager. I think that that's Mm. a skill. Um, you know, I started as a solopreneur and now it's turned into something different. We have, you know, 10 people working with us now. So to have to manage that team to go from no team to that was definitely very difficult. Um, so I've learned that, that at first that I wasn't maybe the best manager I was used to only communicating with myself and I had to work on my communication.
0: Yeah. And, and you mentioned uh, you know you mentioned in in that in Gary Lee's book and also aside from that around always seeing yourself as a creative spirit um do you think you were you were born to do this like in terms of the skinny confidential or did you, did it evolve over time this this thought around doing your own thing
1: I've never seen someone be so fitted to be this is this is so my my thing it's unbelievable I can't I remember being three years old, four years old, five years old in, in the garage, set up a whole school teaching neighborhood kids, you know, uh, stuff about Mm. beauty. So it's so crazy to like, see this come out in a different way. Um, I've always like, I've always loved to bring people together that are like-minded and I think that what the Skinny Confidential does is it's a lot of research and bringing on experts and bringing on different opinions, putting it in one place, letting people leave what they don't like and take what they like. And then coming back to this incredible Facebook community with all these women and meeting each other and going in and hanging out. That to me is, is what gets me off. And it's yeah. always gotten me off.
0: And, and how do you continue to find or source your inspiration for your blog, for your podcasts? I know you've talked a lot around, which I completely agree with, is around documenting, it's not so much creating, but is there any particular areas or people that you look at and find inspiration from?
1: Yeah, I really respect someone like Desi Perkins. She's a YouTuber and she's, um, I think she's unapologetically herself and I think she's really savvy at connecting with her audience. Um, I think as a podcaster that Tim Ferriss is, so inspirational. I mean, he's, he's literally created his own future and and built something Mm. out of nothing. Um, I'm, I'm constantly reading books and listening to podcasts and always trying to better myself. Any, any second that I have where I'm driving or doing my makeup or cooking, I'm always ingesting information. I think that the more that I can learn when I'm doing something passive, like cooking or doing my makeup, the better, um, And as far as staying inspired to create content, I mean, you have ups and downs. Uh, Creating content, I would, you know, it's, it's like maybe it's similar to an artist because I'm sure like artists, they, you, you get so creative one minute and then you have a lull and I've learned to just sit with the lull and ride it instead of um, get frustrated with it. Cause sometimes I think you have to step back and sort of wrap your head around things to get perspective. Um, creating content is, is, is a very interesting thing in the sense that, some, like I said, sometimes you're so inspired mm-hmm. and sometimes you're not.
0: I think what, why people really buy into you and for me as well is that you're quite open with you know, every emotion you go through and, and have done with, over the years with Skinny Confidential, which I think people can really relate to.
1: Well, thank you. I really do try to show, um, you know, different sides, uh, you know, I've talked about d- drug addiction and suicide and, um, depression and anxiety and, um, feeling overwhelmed. And I, uh, it's, it's a crazy mm. ride. Nothing's perfect and nothing's seamless. Um, but how boring yeah. would it be if it was?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, know? I spoke about it, you know, you to truly to really appreciate the positive emotions, you've got to have the negative ones really to give you that balance. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) on this topic I think it's great that you know the more people like yourself are talking about it and that you know you're not always going to fill in the mood you're not always going to fill in the zone and that's fine like be recognized that you're not don't try and force yourself and you know be in touch like you said lean into that emotion what you're feeling there and then give it the time and the respect it deserves um
1: yes just don't give it too much time because if you give it too much time then you're living in it then you're living in the story so you know, kick your own ass. I would say I feel uninspired 80% of the time. That's a big chunk Mm -hmm. of time that I feel uninspired. I would say I'm inspired 20%. The times where I'm uninspired, I didn't just stop. I kept going. Um, I think that's really important too, just because you're uninspired doesn't sort of, for me, it doesn't give me a right to just kick back and relax. I still push myself in those moments. Um, I, I certainly lean into it and I think about it and I meditate on it, but at the same time, I am still executing.
0: You shared some great tips and advice already, um, on this podcast, for people wanting to do their own thing, but is there anything else for those people who are listening, thinking, I want to start a blog, I want to start a podcast that we haven't talked about that you think would be worth sharing?
1: Yeah. I think that if you are listening to this podcast, Hopefully you'll, you will turn it off and you will go execute when it's done. Go, go do something that's pushing towards something that you want. Tony Robbins said on our podcast, he said, he said, if you have an idea, instead of waiting until tomorrow or waiting until an hour, do one tiny little thing that's moves the needle towards that idea. Now, I have listened to that advice with everything. If I have the smallest, littlest, tiniest idea. It could be maybe about doing a new newsletter layout. I send a text to one of my employees and say, want to discuss the newsletter layout? Do you have time for a quick call tomorrow? Even just mm-hmm. that one little text, it takes five seconds towards moving that needle. I think what people do is they look at the whole pie instead of just looking at a tiny crumble, start with the little crumble. It it snowballs. Um, So if if you're out there and you're listening, you have an idea, do one tiny little thing today, that's going to move the needle towards it and then do another tiny little thing tomorrow.
0: You know, going full circle on the topic we've been talking about today, the more you're able to do that, the more you are able to hold yourself accountable. Like you say, if it's, whether it's texting an employee to have a conversation tomorrow or doing something, it's starting something, you then have to hold yourself accountable towards to move forwards with
1: absolutely again it it really rounds out the segment about accountability it's it's about it's 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 having that employee hold you accountable to that one Mm -hmm. small text message that you sent um or picking up the phone or sending a quick email not taking a note on it that's not moving it towards your goal right taking a note people Mm -hmm. love to to do a to-do list to-do lists are great i love them but they're not that's not executing again right? Yeah. That's just writing it down. Do something that actually moves the needle towards getting you there.
0: You know, it's been a real pleasure today, Lauren. Thank you so much for your, your time, your insights, and you know your actual experience from building The Skinny Confidential. I've I've gained a lot just from listening to you, so I'm sure the listeners have.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: You're very welcome, Lauren. And for the listeners who want to stay up to date with Lauren's world and also The Skinny Confidential, you can find her on Instagram. At The Skinny Confidential. Her podcast is The Skinny Confidential Podcast and her blog you can find at theskinnyconfidential.com. And for the listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. Hey people, thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and posts, you can find me on Instagram. Not Another Sales Guy, underscore in each of those words. You can also find the podcast on all major platforms by typing Not Another Sales Podcast. And also, if you want to connect to me on LinkedIn, I go by the name of Chris Hatfield. So thanks again and stay tuned for another episode.